difficult one to handle. Um, it's such a good group of guys, such a close group of guys, and um, we came up short today. But not for the lack of trying, not for the lack of effort. I think the guys poured everything they had into this game, and unfortunately, um, we lost it. Hello and welcome to Foreigner Football and to this episode, which I was hoping to make a little later. Alongside me is my co-host and man, who's soccer coach, Andre Hain. Shout out to Andre Hain. Hit the greatest bicycle kick I've ever seen since Ronaldo was locked on. Joe Reyna, how's your coach? Have you have you talked to your coach at all? Not in a while. Uh, he, he'll he'll ask how I'm doing well, occasionally. Yeah. But, we'll but tell yeah. him that no one said that that's the best bicycle kick. I think he's heard that before. Okay. But yeah. Well, just, you know, if he needs another pat of the ego. Maybe. How are you holding how are you holding up after this uh loss today? I mean it was it was tough, but I've now had however many hours, like ten hours to digest it, to get it under my under my skin and it's there now. And I think I've fully acknowledged it and and I'm ready to, to discuss it. Yeah. Well yeah, you know, that's that's it, man. That's the end of it. That's how uh, we close out our World Cup campaign. You know, lost the USA lost 3-1 to the Netherlands in the round of 16, the first game of the round of 16. A late fluke goal by Hadji Wright wasn't enough to spark the comeback, and we've got plenty to discuss today in the USA um, as their, their campaign ends today. USA, Netherlands, 3-1. Let's talk about the lineup first. Uh, there are a couple changes. We have big one was was we're, we're seeing Frere for the first time up top as that number nine. What do you think about that, Joe? Well, it was first time at all. It wasn't even just like first time starting. I mean, we've seen Haji Wright a couple times now. Hell, we've we've seen Jordan Morris in in the tournament already. But yeah, Ferreira uh, coming in for the the injured sergeant. I mean, I I can kind of see like out of necessity. But I still think that I, I don't think that he's the right look for, for what we were trying to do from what it looked like we were trying to do. I just I didn't think that he fit the system at all. I, wa- I, I got to say, I, I think having watched the first half, I did think to myself I was impressed by the positions he got himself into, but I was not impressed by anything he did on the ball. And so as a result, when we got into halftime, he got yanked uh, and we got to actually see Gio Reyna. But the other, the other talking point was no Cameron Carter-Vickers, Mm-mm. no CCV, uh, and we saw Zimmerman back in the lineup after uh, an absence against Iran. I I don't really know why. I can't really explain why he would have done that. Besides, maybe like was it yellow card accumulation? Is that what he might have been afraid of? But maybe in that case, why was Reem starting? Like. I, I don't know. There there were some questions to be asked, but I think Zimmerman and Ream were good. I didn't really have any questions regarding that one. It was mainly the the Ferreira, and so I think it was a clear admission of guilt that we saw Berhalter yank him at half. So glad that he did that and didn't just leave him out there to continue to waste time as we were down 2 nothing at that point. Yeah. Uh, major note from this game is, God, we need a striker. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It is insane how unable to finish. Like, we can put the ball in decent chances, uh, in, in decent positions, but we just cannot finish our dinner to save our lives. I mean, looking at the, the statistics, the United States put, I forget the exact number, I believe it was, was it 27? 27 crosses 
that the United States put into the the area. And how many were completed, Nolan? One. That was yes. It was it was one cross that was completed from open play. That's unacceptable. When you complete twenty seven. Twenty seven. Unreal. Unreal. And it I believe it was the uh the one that was scored off of somehow. I don't know how that went in. Uh, I don't think he yeah. will ever know yeah. how that went. I don't know. Yeah. Hodge Red's fluke goal. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but he scored at a World Cup, so shout out uh, Haji Wright for getting a World Cup goal against all odds. Um, <laughs> Literally, <laughs> seriously, he, he was he was throwing hard out there. Yes, but he somehow got on the score sheet. So yeah, shout out shout out Haji Wright. But apart from that, I mean, just going into the game, like the I feel like the tactical setup, the tactical uh, approach that the United States employed was just right into the hands of the Netherlands. And it, it, I think a lot of, you don't have to be an expert analyst to watch that game and see that the the strengths of the Netherlands played exactly, like perfectly, into the weaknesses of the United States. It was wing play. And last time that we were on this show, we, we talked about that and the importance of, you know, those, those wing backs, uh, the outside backs going forward. And we thought that, Serginio Dest and and uh, Robinson would be the difference maker, and they were. They absolutely were. But we could not have been more wrong about. Or I'll I'll say myself. I don't I don't I, I don't think it's fair to lop you into this at all, Nolan. I <laughs> I I was completely wrong. I I thought that they would be fantastic going forward, but they got locked down. Uh, Dest didn't do a whole lot, especially in the second half. Robinson was sloppy. There were a couple times where like. They'd play a ball wide, and the camera would like zoom in on him, and then he'd just like miscontrol it, and he'd go out of bounds. And it was like, you can't be doing that multiple times throughout a game at the World Cup. So, yeah, tough game for for both of them, and we'll talk about some of their mistakes later on. But I think there is there is a lot to be said about the Dutch team and and Louis van Hall. I hope I'm not butchering. I think I think like Louis van Hall. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like I'm pretty sure you have to like way over pronounce it to like get it it's like louis van hall is like yeah. how he likes it pronounced whatever anyway louis van hall he, he bossed greg burhalter tactically it just it wasn't even a competition it just yeah they walked out and did exactly what they wanted to do had their way with the the united states defense and got three goals you can't win a, a game against the netherlands conceding three goals this this unbelievable defense that we were praising for not having conceded in, in open play. The one team in the World Cup that hadn't done it. And then 10 minutes in, and we get a goal because they were targeting our outside backs, which is just obvious now that, like, when you watch the, the film and you actually, like, sit back and analyze, like, Robinson and Dest's performance defensively, you're like, why are they on a World Cup field? It, it was just, it was Sunday League defending on the world stage. You can notice, you notice from kickoff, we, we look tired, even from like the 10th minute when they score, but the stat sheet says that we have the most possession and we have the most chances. But, you know, you look at the game, the Netherlands were in control the entire time. And it, it I just, I feel like it was just one of those games where, you know, when like you're, go to your little cousin's house and he wants to like try to beat you up, but you just like hold his head and like he's just swinging at nothing. That's kind of what I felt like the Dutch did today because they were they were kind of letting the USA say, okay, here's the ball. 
Here you can have your chances. We have a stout defense. We have all of our midfielders back. You're not going to get past us. And for the most part, except that one Haji Wright fluke goal, which is to say it more of, I mean, you can't even pronounce it more of a fluke. It's just that's how it was. I mean, even Haji Wright didn't know that thing was going in, or he didn't even try to do what he did. It just crosses the passes behind him. It's just, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's really, it was really disappointing to see a USA attack just being so outplayed and the one the one thing you can try to do to try to get rid of to try to beat that team that style of play of, of everyone dropping back it's to play as quickly as you can and that didn't happen we were slow off the ball once we got into the attacking half we were just we kind of slowed it down they were able to 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 cut off all the passing lanes that they had that we had there wasn't a lot of movement wasn't a lot, there wasn't much creativity it was it was pretty uh pretty flat-footed for the most part, as we were in our attacking half, there were a, 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 a fair few chances that we had. You know, Christian Pulisic gets the 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 best chance that you know we've ever had in, in this World Cup, and he doesn't put it away against the, the goalkeeper, the six foot eight goalkeeper. But you know, Christian Pulisic, you know, he was talking before in the press conference. He hasn't had his moment yet in the World Cup. You got to put those away. Uh, you got to put them away. Think of how that would change. That would have changed the game from that point on. To to have the U.S. score on their first attacking chance. Reach McKinney. Virgil Van Dyke was there to get it away. Tyler Adams battling hard, trying to reset. Politic getting outside, outside. No part to save. The flag stays down. That would have counted on the field. Andre Snowbird. I, I don't know how much I would. I think I'd disagree on in terms of like how much it would change the game because, like the Netherlands, that was very much their game plan of like. Listen, we're going to give you a lot of space out wide, and we're going to clog those passing lanes by man-marking. I mean, T- Tyler Adams was completely man-marked out of the game today. They they were all over him and didn't allow him any space, and unfortunately, the United States just did not adapt tactically or physically. Like, they, they didn't do anything. I mean, when you play in the midfield and you have somebody man-marking you, you don't just sit there and go, oh, well, I'm out of the play. You take off. You run. You go to the sideline. You go forward. You make a run forward. Like, you just get out of dodge and let one of your teammates come in and fill that spot who's, you know, maybe a Polisic. They're not going to chase him all the way back into his own half, but, like, that's just how you beat those systems, and we didn't get to see that at all. The Netherlands approached this game with the, with the perfect game plan. They, they were like, okay, their strength is their midfield. Let's get them out of here. Now, let's have their attacking, like their their main way of getting forward be those outside backs who can't defend. And so they had them going all the way up the field, and then when they track back, they weren't going to defend because they were tired. And so, yeah, it was it was really, really just the, the United States seeing a, a, a crate with a stick holding it up and going, I'm gonna stand underneath that, and it was it was really just schoolboy tactically from Burhalter. I'm I'm gonna be honest to not like to see it happening. I think most of us who were watching that game could see like, listen, this is not the same team that we've watched against England, against Iran, against Wales. Like, yes, they have more possession, and that's one thing, but the United States has been able to like kind of create chances. You know, overloading like the outside wings with those outside backs and with Tim Weah. Tim Weah did pretty much nothing in the game. I mean, Christian Pulisic didn't even really 
do much. It just was like meh. It it was so bad. And and on the other end, the Netherlands was scoring. I mean, to go through the goals real quick, like the first Dutch goal. For the Netherlands. Force wide, Dumfries gets the cross cut back, and it's a goal for the Netherlands. And it's Memphis who scores it. A lot of people were blaming Tyler Adams and that he let his runner go through Memphis to pie. When you watch it again, it, it really, uh, yes, he's he's a bit at fault for it, for for not covering. But that man that should have been covered, it shouldn't have been him. It should have been Yunus Musa. But Yunus Musa was covering for Serginio Dest, who wasn't getting back soon enough on another guy, and so it's. Not, you know, it's like a car crash. My roommate was saying it's like a car crash. There's very rarely one cause of why something goes wrong. And so, yes, Tyler Adams could have sprinted back and and potentially gotten on the end of it. But I mean, you can't expect him to be absolutely everywhere. I know he has been throughout the tournament, but you can't expect absolute perfection out of a 23 year old. Yeah, I mean, the man was running everywhere in the in the three group stages has ran more than every, any other player in this World Cup. Yeah, you gotta you gotta cover your guy, yes, but you know that's not entirely necessarily his job. It, sure, you can point a little finger at there. You can point your pinky finger at 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 Tyler Adams, but the job needs to be done by the back line, and it wasn't. It and, wasn't. Uh, no, absolutely. Serginio Dest deserves a lot of criticism after today's game for his defensive performance. Yeah. And his, you know, he had a few few offensive chances where I think maybe he was just feeling himself that day. I mean, the guy was trying to score, and he was trying to, you know, face this, the team that rejected him and trying to impress them or whatever he was trying to do. But you can't sacrifice that and play really, really poorly defensively. I mean, the only two guys that were playing pretty well defensively was was the the center back pairing of, of Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman. Yeah, can't really you can't really ask ask much more of them when you have your counter the count the Netherlands counterattack attacking those those full those uh wingbacks of of Anthony Robinson and Sergio Dest when they're all the way up the field and they're they completely take him out of the play I mean you're right they the the Dutch were so prepared for this game it's it's and then to not have any adjustment at halftime or try anything really other than put Reina in for 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 Ferreira it's a little disheartening. Well, and and I mean, we've all been calling for Gio Reyna to get onto the field, but at that point, it was already two nil. I mean, that's you're asking a lot out of a, a a guy who's just turned twenty like two weeks ago now. But yeah, there there was there were a lot of mistakes in that first half, the, specifically the second one that that kind of goes towards your point of the United States or Netherlands, excuse me, just having like a superior game plan. The second goal was exactly like the first. They yep. have uh, Dumfries on the right wing where he gets the ball, isolates uh, his defender, and squares it across for Everybody. Daly Blind to run onto right past Serginio Dest, who wasn't paying attention. Standing around. And he had his hands on his hips two seconds before the ball was played. He had no clue that Daly Blind was there and had no intention of, of getting on the end of that cross. It was... Just unbelievable to watch two goals from open play in the first half against it could not have gone worse. David Costa's gonna come to get it to him. Freeze working on Adams now. Cuts back to cross. Blend is there. And the Dutch score with maybe. 
And I understand that, yes, we had more possession, but we didn't do anything with it because the, the Netherlands wouldn't let us. We were crossing balls into Virgil van Dijk, Urien Timber, and Nathan Ake, who are three of the best defenders in the world right now. I think you can maybe say T- Timber isn't, but he's been starting over Matthias De Ligt, who is. And so, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of mistakes that have been made, um, and they just built onto each other and culminated in what should have been a 3-0 loss, which is fairly yeah. comprehensive. Mm-hmm. The fact that we were in that game at, at the end there, where like, you know, there was like the five minutes where if we had scored, we would have leveled it, is nothing short of a miracle. Mm-hmm. This was demolition. This was, we were played off the park today by Louis van Hall and, and the Dutch. And so I, the the conversations that people are having about whether or not Greg Berhalter needs to to stay as a coach, um, yeah, there's a, a bit of recency bias um, that goes into it. I did see a thing on Twitter that I thought was pretty funny that was... Uh, me learning about recency bias for the first time. Oh, that's my favorite kind of bias. So <laughs> that's great. Um, but I, I do think that you know we we were we were kind of high on the United States going into this game. We had just gotten five points, didn't lose, didn't score from or didn't concede from open play in the group stage. But now we play a team who actually is really solid tactically and has players that can do stuff uh, as well. I, I think England. And Gareth Southgate is not exactly the best example of a team that is great tactically. Right. You know, they have great talent, absolutely. But they're not fantastic tactically the way that the this Dutch team is. And we just got steamrolled. Um, yeah. It's pretty clear that, you know, this is the game. This is a game where the coffin was closed the second the whistle was blown. Just we needed the nails. And they came pretty quickly. You know, one could argue that after the first half, that, that last goal— by Diblind, just that, that was the nail right there. And there was no recovering after we saw our wing backs with our hands on our hips. And, you know, I'll give them an E for effort. You know, they were trying their their asses off the entire game for to try to score. But that doesn't translate when you're trying to, to defend against, you know, Depay, Gakpo, and, and guys of that quality. Well, I mean, we were playing checkers. They were playing chess. Yeah. And, no, that, uh, that's a great well, – I mean, that was a great way to put it. It was just uh, like we weren't even aware of the fact that they were outplaying us. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know if Burhalter was watching the same game as us, but like he was putting on players. Um, I, like when you look at the substitutes yeah. that he put on, I, I really don't think that many of them were like, you know, you're in the knockout round, you're down two goals, like. Let's change this game. Obviously, he brought Gio Reyna on for Ferreira at halftime. But I didn't think that that... Like, one guy in isolation doesn't completely change a game. Uh, Brendan Aronson came on for Wea at the 67th minute. So we're now, what, 15, 20, 22 minutes into the half that we've let just fly by? And he came on with Haji Wright. So now you have three substitutes on. Haji Wright, who is not impressed throughout this tournament... At any point, no. obviously he got the goal. Like great goal, you can really yes. mark that. Seriously, as a, just a, yeah, exactly. And and Brendan Aronson has been fantastic, and I'm I'm grateful that he was able to recognize that. Excuse me, that um, Berhalter was able to recognize that Wea was not making an impact, and to put on Aronson. But that should have been done at halftime. Yeah, these absolutely. these are things we should have made two, three subs at halftime, 
change the game completely and make a, a tactical switch because we came out of the second half playing the exact same kind of soccer that we did in the first half expecting something to be different for like mm-hmm. how does that make any yeah sense you just got played off the field destroyed they 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 scored with the last kick of the half almost sending you into the halftime down two nothing and i i hope that i'm wrong i hope that we get this footage we probably never will of what the team talk was but i swear if it was just like a we're doing good stuff out there but like keep doing what you're no mm. no that is a complete overhaul you go that that was not working mm. i f-ed up we need to change it and so he didn't do that nothing changed i, I i'm i'm appalled by the lack of decision making and i think it's funny uh the reaction that we've gotten from the dutch personnel van hall has come out and said like yeah no we just targeted their wingbacks that was it and they never adjusted so it was easy it, like it wasn't even it was like a second thought he was like mm-hmm. oh they have wingbacks that like to go forward okay so let's target them and burhalter was like oh shoot you can do that no so i didn't even think of that that's horrible man yeah it's pretty clear what you know the netherlands game plan is it's it's not it's not a secret right like they they this is how they play soccer this is how Wales play soccer. We were we played them in their group stage. That's how they like to play. I, I, is there any? What did Burhalter think about? Like, I, could I, they? You know what I mean? I'll like, say this: having watched the Dutch before this game, this was the best that the Dutch team has played easily. in any of their easily. group stage games. They were phenomenal. They did not impress me against Senegal tremendously. They really did not impress me against Ecuador, and against Qatar. I mean, it's Qatar. like they they were dominant but like it was Qatar and so like who who cares you know who cares they were always going to win that game but this one it was like it was different it was they went into it with a game plan they were like okay we're going to overload the outside backs we're going to cross balls into the middle and try to get those late runners at the top of the box to just finish shots from 15 yards out and they did it three times and they got four uh two goals out of it the third goal was an that I somehow, somehow the third goal was the worst of the bunch. Because if Dest was having a terrible day, Robinson said, hold my beer. I'm going to make it worse. De Jong, Daily Blit, gets the cross in. Free out of outside. Third goal for the Dutch. Dumfries assisted the first two, scores the third. A, a b- ball over the top. Dumfries, who had both assists for the first two goals, was sitting like standing with his arm raised at the top like on the edge of the box both hands yep just like waving, waving. he could have brought out like those things that the people he could have had a picnic out there he man could've. he could have he could he could add those things that the airline people yeah. have where they like waving the the airplane in mm-hmm. and yeah robinson and tim ream i'll i'll put more blame on robinson because tim ream had a guy there but tim or robinson was standing there marking the same dude that Tim Ream was and for 15 seconds did not once look over his shoulder. Not a single time. Not even like a glance. Not a movement. He didn't flinch. And Dumfries is sitting there, standing, can't believe his luck. The ball actually gets played. And Robinson and Ream 
are standing there going, oh, it's over our heads. Nice. Well, good thing no one's there. Oh, shoot, it's in the back of our net. How the heck did that happen? This is something that if I was playing intramurals and that happened to me, my teammates would be all over me. Like, how do you miss that? And this is the World Cup that this this is happening. I, I don't understand it. They've been fantastic. How do you make that mistake? And that that came five minutes after we score. Yeah. Just we have a we and we and you can kind of shift bef- in those five minutes when we scored. The momentum was all in the favor of U.S. Absolutely. And you know I was thinking, okay, the second goal's coming. Like we can do this. We can tie this up and send this thing to extra time. And then Netherlands were like, really? You think that's going to happen? And again, it's that outside wing back play where they exploited the entire proportion of the game. And they put one back, and, and then that sends us home. It's uh, It was like watching the Truman Show. It was just yeah. the same thing over and over and over again. Or That's not the that's the wrong movie. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. The <laughs> like, Truman Show's a little bit like little that. Bit like, I mean, it could kind of yeah, make a they, parallel. They pretty much every day yeah. is pretty similar. It's yeah. all the same sort of thing. But um, I was just, yeah. I'm, yeah, it's just, there was no tactical adjustment. Nothing. We did get a gift. Uh, well, Haji Wright was given a gift uh, and refused to take it with the heaviest touch I think I've ever seen from a center forward. That was absolutely horrible. A, a, a Dutch player passed the ball back to his goalkeeper, to, to Nuppers, and it was so soft, it was right, right to, to Haji Wright. And he has the goalkeeper coming out of his box to collect it, but he gets there first. And he decides to take a touch to round the goalkeeper. And I think it was about 15 yards that the ball traveled with the first touch. 15 yards. Okay, if I pass a ball to my five-year-old cousin, he'll have a better first touch than that. That is shocking. Granted, yeah, it's not coming that hard at you either. No, no, no. And he had time to think about it. He had time to, like, react. And he still was like, oh, first touch, boom, out of bounds almost. Granted, he got on the end of it and managed to steer it on target, but by that point, he had closed off the angle so poorly that there was a defender who was able to track back and get, you know, between him and the goal and clear it out with no real danger. Yedlin with a key block there. Zimmerman recovers it. Yedlin resets. Pulisic's going to get there. Pulisic running into the middle to a touch! We, we had a lot of chances, weirdly enough. We scored on none of them. We score on the one that wasn't really a chance. No. That was our one completed cross, to my knowledge, uh, which is still shocking. I, I don't understand how you cross 27 times. And if if there was a sign from God, if he could reach his hand down or like pop out of the clouds and say one thing from this game— it was, you guys need a number nine. How? 27 to one. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, yeah, substitutes were no good. Play was no good. Defense was no good. And we're out. So now what? Yeah, it's it's hard with the substitutions because, you know, there's two schools of thought here. Like, the USA, uh, we claim to be this deep squad but you know in reality we're not we have 11 really good players 12 13 really good players and that's about it 
you know, for the high level of competition that we need these guys to play at, 13 isn't good enough for the for these guys. And it's just, you know, it's hard to to point out the substitutions. I mean, yet you're bringing on guys like Jordan Morris. Why the f did you bring him on in the 92nd minute? Like, we're trailing the game. What does a sub in the 92nd minute do that a sub in the 85th wouldn't have done? Or in the 80th minute? Like, what? Why don't you just put Christian Roldan out there at that point? Like, yeah, who comes in for... DeAndre Yedlin comes in for Dest at the 75th minute. Haji Wright comes in for McKinney at the 67th. Yeah, Haji Wright, but... I'm I'm sure Sergeant might have been out or he had Yeah, no, he, he, he was out. He, he was, was out for the yeah. So I, I can't I'm not gonna fault the Haji Wright substitution. Right. You and DeAndre you have to get Dest out of there. He was just yeah, he was gassed. He was a nightmare. But like He looked good for the first like thirty minutes and then after that you just I don't know. Well even right. that even that first thirty minutes out. I mean, as yeah. as we saw with the with the first goal, like he, he was still at fault for that, you know. So yeah, going forward that's all well and good, but there was absolutely no end product. So that that's not a good look for me. Um, yeah. But the Jordan Morris one, this is the second time now that the man has seen the field in a situation where, like, why? Why? Why is he there? Why is he there? The first one, it should have been Gio Reyna. I'm not super opposed to him coming onto the field. I understand why he was the one, and no, I mean, we didn't have really anybody else that I can immediately think of. I'm like, you're not going to put Kellen Acosta on there. Also, with DeAndre Edlin, I'm, I'm going to go off topic a little bit here. Why not put in Joe Scally? That's what I was going to say. Seriously. Yeah, Joe Scally, why not put him in? He's the one last, the one remaining teenager that we had on this roster uh, after Eunice Musa and. Uh, Gio Reyna both had birthdays in the past two weeks. The one remaining teenager, he's absolutely going to be, um, I shouldn't say absolutely because you never know, I guess. But I, in my opinion, he's going to be one of our first choice players in 2026. Why does he not see the field? Why do you not see him, like, put him on Is it because maybe five minutes? Yedlin's faster than Scally? Is he, I don't know, but, like, who cares? Why? I, I'm... I'm at that point yeah. you got to stop caring about system. See, here here's this game needed creativity from the from the offense. Put in a guy maybe like Luca De La Torre. Yes. Absolutely. He is his creativity, his mind, his football mind is such a breath of fresh air for and it could have been such a useful tool for this game especially when you really needed to create something offensively and you needed something a spark, something the the combination of Brendan Aronson's third long, basically, he could run forever, and Luca De La Torre's creativity in that middle pairing. I mean, what could have we could play the what if game all day long with that? I mean, the 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 game in the World Cup qualifying with Luca De La Torre in like what it was like negative thirty degrees in Minneapolis. I can't remember what game we played. It was like Honduras something. He looked phenomenal. Yes, Honduras is a different, very different team than the Netherlands, but. I mean that man can turn and burn when he wants to, and he can stop on a dime. He can his passing is really good. His his creative, like I said, his creative football mind is up there with some of our our best guys. Why not? Why not have him see the field? We need a goal. Let's get our most. We need creativity. We need a goal. 
one plus one equals two. Let's try to figure something out with our guys that are most the most creative. That makes sense, wouldn't it? Makes maybe maybe a little too much sense, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I guess you know, obviously, it's a sad day. It's a it's a difficult one to to yeah, it is, get behind it because is I mean. I think a lot of us knew going into it that the Netherlands were probably going to beat us. Yeah. But I didn't think that we were going to be that outplayed. Yeah. Um, and that comprehensively defeated. I mean, we we had, you know, sent a message to the world that we could compete with the big boys when we tied England. And I really, I trust me, I really hate when people, you know, celebrate a tie against a bigger team. Like, that's, it feels like demeaning. To, to be like, oh, we tied, yeah, that's... But we played well, and we we were better than them. And I think in this situation, it's acceptable and understandable. And then we beat Iran, and cool, that's great. But to just go out onto that field and God, you not, kinda, not have a chance... You could feel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could, like, from my TV, I could just, like... Like, I just see I could just see what, what, what was coming, almost. Because yeah. Greg Berhalter... Tries the same tactic. He, he's mm-hmm. just stick to the same game plan this entire time. Yeah. And, you know, one could say, you know, it's, it ain't broke, don't fix it. We did get out of our group props to – big props to Greg Berhalter, really. I mean, yeah, you can bash the guy, but, you know, we made it to the round of 16. No other CONCACAF nation did that. I mean, he even he's admitted, though, that, like – I mean, it, to use almost his exact words, because I can't exactly quote him off the top of my head, right. but basically what he, he – he had said, you know, the group stage is one competition – and the knockout round is a completely different competition. So at least when I hear that, that tells me we should probably have a different approach. Because in the group stage, you can play for a draw, you know, if you really need to. Obviously, getting a win is really helpful. But, like, you can play for a draw. In the knockout round, you can't do that. You have to get goals. You have to bury your opponent. And you have to be able to outplay your competition. And there was another quote that that Greg Berhalter um, had at the at the beginning. When was it? I, I think it was before the World Cup that Greg Berhalter was quoted. It was it was during a Fox article, but he basically was talking about like what the United States should expect uh, going into the tournament and what they were capable of. And he was quoted as saying, what I do believe is on our best day, we can beat anyone in the world. But the thing is that these days are so rare under Burhalter. I mean, we've played against solid teams uh, in the past couple months when we played Japan, Saudi Arabia, and now the Netherlands. And every single time, it was just like, it was so obvious that we were the inferior top team, not necessarily skill-wise, but tactically, we just were not there. And so when we when we do start to look towards the future, um, it's 1,284 days until the 2026 Men's World Cup. We are all we're already qualified. So that hoop has already been jumped through. The expectation is now we need to show up and we need to make a statement. A la was it was it South Korea that made it to like the the third place game in 2006 that sort of thing we need to do that because that sort of game that sort of performance from a team has an effect on the future generations that nothing else can i mean we're seeing the the benefits of that with South Korea now i mean the this 
this generation is unbelievable. Uh, they, they beat Portugal. They have just put everything they have into this team, and they are so much fun to watch. And the, the, the young attacking talent that they have, the young defensive talent everywhere, is, I mean, you can look at that, and for a lot of these nations that have really successful World Cup campaigns, you can find 20 years later, 15, 20, yeah, around then, that players start to pop up and, you know, they have another good generation. And that's how that happens. For the United States, we're still trying to find that first real, like, good generation. We're kind of in it right Mm -hmm. now, but we still did exactly the same as we did in 2014 and in 2010. This this result um, is going to marinate in the minds of these guys. I mean, the youngest team in, in the World Cup. This result is going to stick with them for a long time, for four years at least. Good, let it, let that, let it sting a little bit. They need to remember this because this is where we build, and this is where we can go, and show up to our our home in 2026, where they we play in the U.S. of A. Now this that that's when we that's when we shine. That's when we can say, we're we've got a young team. They're a little older now. They're a little grizzled. Not grizzled, but they're a little more. They're not wet cement. They're they're a little more concrete. Let's go. Let's go win some games. And you know, I'm I'm immensely proud of of what we accomplished in this tournament. Given that our tactics made it may can be questionable. First of all, we made it. <laughs> yeah. And we got out of our group stage, and we we outplayed England. I'm happy. You know, I'm. Yeah, it it stings a little bit to be to be out of the groups st- or out of the out of the World Cup out of the knockout rounds so early but you know there's some we, there's some meat on our plate that that we that that that's there you know there's some there's some stuff that we can hold on to and say okay we did something here and we can do better let's go do better so that's my closing argument that's my closing thought yeah i think if <laughs> The only thing that's stopping me right now is Burhalter. Um, but if Burhalter is fired, I will go to the I will go to Las Vegas and I will put down my house, everything that I have on the United States to at least make the semifinals in 2026. They are I mean, we have the talent. Yeah, absolutely. And think that about isn't this. unrealistic at think all. Of, think about this. I mean, look at how many of the players that were on the field today did you know about in 2018? Four. Yeah, and yet we have some of these fantastic, unbelievable young talents. Think about what we're going to have in four years that we've never even heard of yet. That Bass these dudes guys. are going to be, oh my God. Paxton Aronson. Yes. If we and can get- Maybe an, yeah. a plenty of others that are coming up through our, our youth system. That we've never even heard of, that are that are 17 right now, you know? So I'm very excited, um, but the big thing has got to be Burhalter. Burhalter- I mean, we've been saying it for a long time now, and I bought into it because I wanted to during the World Cup, but he just is not suitable to like take the United States men's national team past where they are now. He's good enough to get us out of the group stage, and that's fine. But if you if if the United States has aspirations of going farther, if we want to they yeah, should. change the way uh, uh, the world sees American soccer, Burhalter's not that man. He's not that guy. 
So we need to we need to get rid of him. I don't know who the the guy is. I will say this: if we're gonna get rid of Burhalter, it needs to be a quick thing. We need to have somebody in it immediately. We can't, you know, sit and think and be patient about this the way that Nebraska was, for instance, with with their head coach hiring. We need to, like, fire him and bring in like Jesse Marsh the next day. Like it needs to be overnight. So he can have four years to develop a culture, to develop a, a style of play, so that we show up, you know, in in, kickoff. in probably East Kansas, Rutherford. Kansas City. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where the yeah. the U.S. is probably going to play. That'd be nice if they played in. I can't imagine they'd kick off the World Cup. It'll probably be in like L.A. Uh, yeah. or in New York, New York or yeah, or something like that. Um, but yeah, if they the kickoff in East Rutherford at at MetLife. And we actually have a game plan that will win us games and play good soccer and get us to the quarterfinals, to the semifinals. Because we're capable. We're absolutely capable. I mean, people were always saying, like, oh, you just have to beat the guy that beat the team that you're playing against. Burhalter can't do that. He, he's shown us repeatedly that he just simply cannot do that. Um, so if he, if we're sitting down and we're watching this game, in 2028, and Burhalter is still our coach. Congrats on making it to the round of 16, but you're not going to make it any farther. That's he's just not capable. So, anyway, um, if you are a United States soccer fan, and this did arise something in you, keep your head held high. Yes, and also remember the Women's World Cup is in July, yeah. eight months away. So if you like this, uh, there's more of uh, where that came from, and, and also. That team is able to beat the Netherlands, so let's let's remember that uh, and show out uh, at all your pubs. Go to, you know, uh, the American Outlaws. Go to the games. Uh, it'll be in where is it? Australia and New Zealand is when the is where the World Cup is, which will be a lot more fun than Qatar. So, anyway, yeah, there's yep. positives. It's yep. a sad day, but there's positives. It's a sad day, but. You know, there's there's a light at the end of this dark tunnel. Yeah, we're holding a lantern. It might be dark right now. It's a little 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 greasy in there, a little dirty. But you can see the there's a there's a sparkle. You know, there's a sparkle in 2026. And uh, you know, I'm 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 proud of our boys for what they they achieved in this tournament. And I'm I'm so looking forward to the future of this team. 1,284 days begins now. Follow us on Twitter at, at Foreigner Footy. Uh, join the Fantasy Premier League. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking about the Premier League right now. But join join the join the Fantasy Premier League when it when it starts back up again. We'll have more stuff about that. And uh, yeah, Foreigner Football. Um, tough day today, but but uh, look on the bright side. You know, we got we got some stuff to do. We got some work to do. But you know, there's a glimmer. There's a glimmer. So we'll be back soon. We'll talk about um, some round of sixteen games and. and cover more of the world cup so we'll be back corner football thanks joe for uh, for uh coming on the game again and uh we'll see you guys later